Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast here at prideofdetroit.com. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief at Pride of Detroit, and you can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, my co-host for First Bite, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, Ryan Matthews, at Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, welcome. Uh, Hello. Hi. Uh, Fingers crossed for a snow day, but also fingers crossed that everybody uh, stays safe and that some people get to play their basketball games eventually. (laughs) Uh, That is a reference to our guest. Uh, As always, during our first bite, we like to have a very special guest. This week is no exception from the Detroit Free Press. Y'all know him. Y'all love him. Detroit Lions beat writer Dave Burkett is here. Dave, welcome. What's up, guys? How are you? Good man, good to see you again. Uh, not not too long ago, we saw, we met up at the at the senior Couple bowl. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's jump right in. For, for I haven't whatever. seen Ryan in a while though, man. He used to come up and play ball every now. And yeah, and now, I, now I don't see him. You know, behind the scenes, he was wondering if you were going to remember. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm not surprised that he did remember my game. <laughs> <laughs> I used to call it Burkett ball behind the behind the scenes as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, for whatever reason, it feels like you have been kind of stigmatized is the wrong word, but you've been known as like the, the Lions beat guy who's obsessed with yeah. the quarterbacks. Oh, you're That's talking fair. about quarter, quarterbacks That's... every single offseason. And and listen, you, you might not be wrong. At this point, the Lions are probably in the market for a quarterback or at least thinking about upgrading. But I'm just kind of curious, do you think it's an urgent need this this particular offseason? Um, first it's, it's fair. I mean, I, I have been beating the drum for quarterbacks for, for some time. Um, you know, really, I think it was probably that, uh, the 2019 year, right now, yeah. yeah, whenever, whenever they passed on to it. into it. Yeah. Whatever yeah. year that was. Um, uh, do I think it's an urgent need? I do, but I, you know, I have to explain it because I mean, look, I, I've always said, right. That quarterback is not a, a position that you want to, um, just take someone for the sake of taking someone. And so, um, that was part of the reason why I thought they should have taken one two years ago. So that way you don't get into the spot where, oh, we need a quarterback and we have to overdraft one and we take a guy. I don't think the Lions are going to take one at two, but, you know, we, we take a guy at two because we we have to. And when it doesn't, you know, the, the scouting reports don't sort of fit the draft positioning. And so I think it's always best to you know, play the, do the, the, the green Bay thing when they took Aaron Rodgers and, and they had Brett Favre. And, and that's why I've been beating that drum for a while. So yes, I think it's urgent only because I think you need to have, um, you know, that elite borderline elite quarterback to win, you know, in a sustainable fashion in the NFL. And I still have my doubts about Jared Goff. So do I think they're going to do it? No, but uh, do I think if that guy was there in a different draft that, that I would be banging the drum for them at number two? Absolutely. 
Well, you know, that, that kind of sideswipes my uh, follow-up question about, do you think that there's a chance that they could grab one at two? And, and you know, I, I think that's a, a pretty widely regarded opinion that um, taking a quarterback at two is, is probably overdrafting one just because of the, the quarterback class that, that exists for the, for the 22 uh, draft class. But do you think, I mean, there's an awful lot of steam that seems to build up around that pick at 32 um, because you still get the fifth year option. Uh, we've seen names like like Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter thrown out there. Do you think that whether the board falls a certain way, do you think that the Lions either package picks and move up and take a guy, or do you think maybe at 32 it's a viable option? I would be lukewarm to them drafting a quarterback at 32. I mean, look, if 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 there's a quarterback you love, take him at two. You know what I mean? Like if you exactly, yeah. Whatever the the your scouting report is, it's it's different than what you and I and you know everyone in the media here thinks. So if the Lions came away from the Senior Bowl thinking Malik Willis is going to be a star, right? And, and maybe he needs a year of seasoning, but we love what he did behind closed doors. We love, you know, the the arm and the athletic ability and the intelligence and everything else that leads them to believe that in, in time he can be, you know, that guy in the NFL. Then then take him at two you don't risk it you know and and if you if you have any doubts about that guy I wouldn't take him at at 32 just to say I I took a quarterback and make sure I have a backup for golf and maybe he develops so you know do I do I think again I you know that the Lions are going to take one at two no I I don't know enough right now to rule it out so you know still in the mix there but I I think I'm with everyone else that you know one of those defensive ends is probably going to be the pick for the Lions uh whoever's left on the board at number two well, let's talk a little bit about your, your senior bowl experience and, and specifically stay, staying with the quarterbacks there, because I, I wonder if any, any of them made an, enough of an impression on you where you think, I, I know you said you don't think at, at the moment there's, there's a guy worthy of that number two pick, but is there anyone, you know, Malik Willis or, or, you know, the, the rest of the field, there were six, six top guys up there yeah. uh, at, in, in Alabama. So is, is anyone you think at least maybe working their way into the conversation? Um, I think Willis would be the guy, you know, if there is one and, um, look, you know, I, I think I've probably explained this to you before, Jeremy, right? I'm not watching every minute of every practice. You know, yeah, I sort of bounce around and talk yeah. to the coaches or, you know, agents or whoever I can. So, I, you know, my um, I don't want to pretend like I, I watched every snap and, and I have this this big deep of, uh, you know, base of knowledge on, on all these quarterback prospects. But I, I did watch Malik Willis a little bit because I was writing about him one day and, and I was pretty impressed. I mean, he, he obviously has a cannon for an arm. He can move. You know, someone had told me this before um, going down there and I it, it really rang true to me was that. You know, of all these quarterbacks in the draft, right? You know, Malik Willis is the one who has the skill set that you can win because of eventually, right? If he hits his ceiling, like he can be a difference maker because of his legs and his arm and some of the things that he can do. It's not that yet in the NFL, and who knows if he becomes it, but he does have that skill set. And I'm not sure any of the other top quarterbacks do. And and so, you know, as as I think about how I would build a team. I would want a quarterback that I can win because of not just win with. And right. so, you know, to me, Willis is the guy that um, if the lions have an opportunity or if, if the lions really want a quarterback and have fallen in love with a guy, I could see him being that guy over a Kenny Pickett who was on the other team or, or, over, you know, Sam Howell, who was on their team. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I guess uh, my follow-up would just be, you know, a lot of people are expecting him to at least take one year to develop, maybe, maybe two. Yeah. If that's the case is, I mean, just like, let's say I can guarantee, well, I guess I can't guarantee you that he's going to be really, really good, but if he's a, a guy that's going to take at least two years to develop, I, I guess the, the basic question there is philosophically, does it make sense to, to take him at two? Well, I, again, I, you're trying to talk me into that. I think like 
um, you know, getting all the fans on me again for wanting quarterbacks. But I, cause I, I agree with you though. Like it's, it's yeah. true. Like, again, if you, if the lions came away from that senior bowl experience and they know a whole lot more than anyone else in this draft process right now about Malik Willis, because they spent all that time with him and they were like, wow, this guy can really be a special player in the NFL. Don't wait. Like, don't hope that you're going to trade back to 15 and get him. Don't think he's going to fall to 32. Take him at two. Like they would probably get killed for it by a lot of people. But if you have that much conviction in a quarterback, that tells me something about what that quarterback did and what he means to you too. So um, yeah, I, I would have no problem with the sort of draft and develop route. I just, you know, the, the early feedback I got on, on, you know, all these quarterbacks was that no one is, is necessarily going to be worthy of that. And, you know, as I look at kind of, um, what the lions are doing, at least the, you know, the, the impression that I get of what they're doing and, and you look at what the Rams did, right. If they build that sort of roster, then maybe they have enough draft capital or, or other things to, to go out and get the quarterback that they want next year, two years down the road, whenever that is, they need to get one at some point. I'll, you know, I, I will continue banging that drum for, for a long, long time. Um, but you know, I, I, I do think there is some, some value in building the way that they've, they've started to go down and that's building that entire roster and then plugging a quarterback in at some point to, to help you win. And, and, you know, Dave, you just said, you know, the lions in terms of adding a quarterback, they need to add a quarterback who, who you're going to win because of, right. Not, not just a quarterback you're going to win with. So, um, you know, going back to last season and the way that Jared Goff finished and the way that the offense finished, was there anything that was, um, enlightening or inspiring or anything that made you think, Hey, you know, this team, l- let's see where Jared Goff takes them. They don't have to take a quarterback in 2022. They, they can, they can wait and they can kick the can. Yeah. I, I buy that a little bit because of how he finished the season. I mean, he, he played well, you know, no one should take that away from him. Those, those last, you know, six games or whatever it was he played in the, the second half of the season. And, you know, there, there seemed to be something that clicked a little bit when Ben Johnson, you know, had a bigger role and, and Dan Campbell started calling plays. And certainly as he got more pieces around him, right. Taylor Decker came back and they added Josh Reynolds, St. Brown started to, to blossom a little bit. So, you know, I've, it, it's sort of, Right. You know, I've always said it about Stafford, right? He was a good quarterback, but but not a great quarterback. And, and you know, it was the point of his career really was was why I thought the Lions needed to start looking at that position as much as anything. Well, golf is sort of the, the same boat to me. I, I don't think he's as good as, as Stafford, but, you know, we're not talking about like the worst starting quarterback in the NFL here. So can you win with them? Well, of course. I mean, the Rams went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, a couple of years ago when he was quarterback. So um, I just don't know that, you know, he doesn't strike me from what I've seen so far, either as a guy that you're winning because of, but rather winning with, and, you know, they're in the same boat where they're going to have to give him a contract at some point, if you're rolling forward with them, or, or you're going to be in that tricky position where you don't have that guy. So um, I do think it's a need for them. I do think it's fine to, to see what golf has this year, but ultimately I think the Lions will be in the same spot where they're, they're still in need of someone at that position um, at the end of this, this coming season. I want to go to a conversation that that we had on our podcast last episode, and it's just kind of this new, perhaps new way of of getting your quarterback with, you know, Tom Brady going to the Bucks last year, Matthew Stafford going to the the Rams last year, both, both of them win the Super Bowl. Do you think that's a viable option and maybe a a way that the NFL is is moving with, you know, quarterbacks having a little more autonomy later in their careers and lines can do this, like you said, build around a quarterback first and then, you know, maybe two, three down, two, three years down the line, I don't know, grab a Russell Wilson or something. No, I, I absolutely do. And that's why I say, you know, it goes to the point of not having to force that pick because, you know, 
maybe you know seven years ago or something, right? That wasn't the case. We didn't see this sort of movement. But the the NBA the NBAization I don't know is the, <laughs> yeah. has really you know come to the NFL where players have a little more more power and can sort of dictate what they want. You're right, Brady did it, Stafford did it in a lot of ways. We'll see what happens this offseason with a guy like Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers, even so. You know, from the Lions standpoint, and again, you think where Brad Holmes came from, right? He came from the Rams and, and you know, having talked with him about this, right? The Rams, they built that defensive line and they wanted to build this monster of a defensive line. And they did it by drafting Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers and, you know, all these guys back to back. And and they really did have a, a good defensive line. And, and so they had all these these parts and not just those parts, right? They had Gurley, they had some, some other pieces. So then they went out and they traded up to get Goff. And then they realized that wasn't working. So then they went out and traded for, for Stafford. And so I do think even though, you know, we do tend to look myself, especially, you know, as, as having a top five pick as being the premium spot to land a quarterback. And it is because you get, you know, the pick of the, 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 the most talent there. Well, it's not the only way, right? Maybe it's Mahomes at 10 or Lamar Jackson at 32. You know, there, there are other quarterbacks, or maybe it is that, that, you know, free agent trade route. The Lions aren't going to be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to be, you know, uh, an Aaron Rodgers suitor if, if he hits the market. You know, those things aren't going to happen. But maybe down the road, you could see them getting a guy that's in a situation like Stafford was if they have all those pieces and they feel they're a quarterback away from winning. And just one final question about quarterbacks in Detroit, Dave, the, uh, the, the most popular position in Detroit, right? The backup quarterback, um, you know, there, there's going to be at least a little bit of a shakeup uh, potentially just because, you know, Tim Boyle, unrestricted free agent, David Blau, restricted free agent. Like yep. um, it, it seems like there's a clearer path maybe for, for, for Blau to be back just as a restricted free agent. But, you know, uh, Tim Boyle did get some opportunities to, to play last year and whether or not, you know, you're a big fan of, of his game or not, he, they they were in the games that he played in um, to, you know, to say the least. So, I mean, do you, do you think that the lions go out and prioritize that as, as a part of the game or maybe, maybe to the, to the draft as an option, maybe for, for a developmental backup guy? You know um, I do think, it will be a little bit different quarterback room that comes back, right? Golf is going to be back. Probably one of those two guys will be back. And then who knows who the third one is. Maybe it depends on which of those two guys they bring back. Right. <laughs> right. They want a little more experienced, you know, uh, quarterback who, who, you know, you know, you can plug in there and uh, I don't know, you know, compete in the game. I, you know, Boyle is fine to me. I mean that, you know, he is what a backup is, um, you know, maybe there's a little more upside than, than the chase Daniels of the world who we've seen the line sign in the past. Um, yeah. I don't know about the, the whole draft somebody late, you know, I, to, to me, that's sort of the, the Davis Mills situation in Houston, right. Where you, right. you take someone and then, you know, you're not really married to him, but he's kind of there and maybe it impacts what you do at some point, you know, with uh, the rest of your quarterback decisions. So, um, you know, I, I guess I'm, you know, they have enough picks that it, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it wouldn't impact their draft, um, you know, process to, to spend one on, on that guy. But ultimately, I'm going I'm to take a guy high at the quarterback position, uh, you know, sort of guy. And, and uh, you know, if the Lions don't do that, I think they're just as good passing on the position altogether. You guys heard it, man. Dave Burkett is a push his chips in kind of guy. <laughs> right. I like to go for it, you know, and yeah. I think, you, know, you need that quarterback to do it. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick bake break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into the Lions free agency, uh, talk about some of the guys that they potentially could resign and uh, some guys that they might get on the free market. So stick around on first bite. We'll be right back with the freaks. Dave Burkett.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on First Bite with Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press. Uh, let's talk about Lions free agency. Uh, as of today, the Lions fi- uh, started off their, their re-signings, uh, re-signing Jason Cabinda to a two-year deal. Um, obviously, a lot more work to do internally before free agency next month. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the big re-signing uh, candidates. And I think we got to start with Tracy Walker, the biggest one. Um, what's your thoughts on, on the likelihood both sides have expressed publicly, at least, uh, you know, uh, a, a willingness to, to bring it back, so to speak. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on, on the likelihood of that happening? I think there's a you know a decent chance that that happens. I mean, as I look at sort of the free agent market, right, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good safeties on the market. Yeah. And so that might depress Tracy's value to the point that, you know, it makes more sense to, to stay in Detroit on a, a short deal. Um, you know, the lions obviously value him. He played pretty well. Um, you know, he, he's maybe not as, as productive as, as some of the other guys at the top of the, uh, the safety market. So um, I don't know that he would get necessarily a whole lot more from, from one of those other teams, but he's a good player. And um, look, the Lions, I mean, they, they need some safety help, right? Especially if, if Tracy leaves. So I could see them, you know, re-signing safe, uh, Tracy. I could see them still adding someone else. I think it's, it's at, at a very minimum, they're going to do one of those two things, either bring Tracy back or sign. Marcus Williams is the name that a lot of people talk about, obviously, you know, go after a guy like that at the top of the market. Do you, do you think there's a chance they could somehow get both? Like Mark, I, I know there's some people like Pine Sky Fantasy, they get Tracy Walker and Marcus Williams. Is that is that realistic, yeah. do you think, with their cap limitations? Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, look, they'll probably create some more room with, with Trey Flowers here at some point. I think a lot of people expect that mm-hmm. to happen. Um, 
you know, uh, it, it depends what else they want to do, right? They don't have a lot of money invested in the secondary right now. Um, their cornerbacks are all on, on reasonable deals. They're going to have to pay Amani Aurier at some point. So maybe that changes. But, you know, again, if, if a Tracy Walker takes a one-year $8 million deal, I don't know exactly what he's going to get in the market, but, you know, just just throw that number out there. Well, that's not going to hamstring them too much. So right. I, think, I think there's a lot of moving parts to that. It's probably more likely that they only get one of those guys than both, but I don't. I wouldn't rule out you know both of them, both that happening, or both you know signing two 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 safeties happening. Well, yeah, you know, you know, speaking of that calculus that's going to take place in order to you know bring back some of these guys, I think one of the biggest pieces too is Charles Harris. I mean, that's a guy who. Uh, you know, the, the unfortunate situation where Romeo Okara goes down and Charles Harris just like emerges as the guy who everybody maybe thought he would have been when he was a first round pick um, in Atlanta. So, you know, do you, do you see Charles Harris as being somebody that the Lions can afford because, yeah. you know, he, he kind of, you know, he gets this one year deal. He's on the roster bubble in, 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 you know, the preseason and, and he just emerges and he plays a premium position. Do you, do you think that the Lions – do you think he maybe yep. outplayed uh, his his price tag now? He will have some suitors in the open market too, because of exactly what you said, right? Playing a premium position and, and having a, a nice season, you know, all the way around, not just with the, the sack numbers. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you know maybe what happens in free agency will be a little bit of a tell for the dra- the draft too, because you know they do have Romeo Aquara coming back and Julian Aquara, and that's not enough at the pass rush position, but. Um, you know, if they're comfortable letting Charles Harris go, you know, that tells me that they're going to take one of those guys for sure. at number two, if, if, if they don't, if they're not aggressive at safety, I mean, who knows, maybe, maybe they are in the, the Kyle Hamilton market. Um, I, I do think Charles Harris will be a priority. I think those, you know, probably goes without saying those two will be their, their two biggest free agent priorities. Um, you know, maybe Josh Reynolds uh, won't cost a lot, but he could be in that mix too, or one of those receivers. But um, certainly I would expect Lions to make an attempt to bring him back at least. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of curious of, uh, is what kind of market Charles Harris is really going to bring, because you're right. He plays a premium position and, and he was a great all around player. You mentioned not just the sack numbers. I think he was sixth in, in ESPN's run stop win rate. So very well-rounded player, but he's also really only got one year of production. And, and, you yeah. know, in, in terms of his point of view, you know, you, you found a coaching staff that found how to use you. So yeah. uh, do, do you think, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think we're, we're talking about a, a 10, 15 year million no. a year kind of guy. Right. But do you have an idea of what maybe the market's going to be for someone like him? I, you know, I haven't haven't got that far to, to ask that question yet. But, you know, what he, he played maybe three million dollars or something last year off the top of my head, somewhere in that yeah. range. Right? I think it was even a little bit less. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, he's going to double that or maybe, maybe even make more than that, right. More than double that, you know, on the open market. So again, that's where Lions found quite the bargain last year. And, and um, the one thing with Charles too, is he was a first round pick. So maybe he doesn't, I mean, you know, he's gotten paid already a little bit, so he doesn't, uh, necessarily to your point about, you know, um, you know, finding a, a comfortable spot in a home and coaches who are using him well, um, in a place that he likes, you know, maybe there's a, a little bit of a trade-off there that he doesn't need that four-year, $40 million deal if it's out there and is comfortable taking a, you know, three-year, you know, $30 million deal or, or whatever, whatever, wherever the numbers come in at, yeah. that he'd be a little more comfortable staying for a little bit less money in Detroit. Yeah, it, it's got to be tough for him too because it might also feel like this is one of his best chances to cash in, right? Uh, it really, I mean, look, you know, he's, it's not like he's young, he's not old, but he's, but you right. know, he's, this is, this is it. So if you do get that opportunity to multi-year deal and look from the Lions standpoint, again, Romeo is coming off the, the Achilles, right? So 
I mean, the Lions are hopeful that he's going to be back, but you don't know. That's a, a serious injury. Right. Um, obviously, Julian Aquara and, and you know, Austin Bryant, your other pass rushers are, are young and relatively unproven. So if you do think you're going to add one um, at two there, well, you still need someone to pair with him in case Romeo isn't quite ready. So I, I do think Charles Harris is, is someone that, that they will make a, a serious attempt to bring back. Well, the last guy on our list, you, you already briefly mentioned him there, uh, Josh Reynolds. Um, again, a guy who's expressed interest in bringing him back. Antoine Randall, I think, is, is also mentioned potentially bringing him back. We know that he wants all the wide receivers he can get. Right. <laughs> so uh, I guess the question is, did he do enough in his, you know, six, eight game stretch here? Obviously got kind of some built in chemistry with Jared Goff, but um, not not a pure number one likely. So no. what do you th- what do you think the the likelihood of him coming back is? Yeah, I think he's another guy that he's not going to get a ton of money on the market. So, yeah. you know, he could fit into the Lions salary structure there. Um, I don't, you know, if, if I'm the Lions or as I sort of see the Lions playing out, like I, I see them being, a, you know, in the market for someone defensively and spending some money defensively, that safety position. Um, you know, maybe it's a, if it's not, you know, Tracy on a short-term deal or Charles Harris, maybe it's a, a linebacker on a, you know, one-year prove-it deal where he's making decent money. Um, so I don't know that they're going to spend a ton of money at the wide receiver position in free agency. So I do think uh, Josh Reynolds fits, right? If you have St. Brown and you have Quintez Cephas and you have Josh Reynolds and then you draft someone at 34, you know, you, you've got a decent enough receiving court along with TJ Hawkinson, along with your running back, you know, crew that, that can catch the ball. So um, I'm sure Antoine would want, you know, more than that. And he did talk about that in Mobile about wanting a true number one. I just, that's going to cost a lot of money in the market. So I don't know that the lines are going to go that route. Well, you know, the, the first time that you guys had uh, an opportunity to talk to Brad Holmes after the season, he talked about how this is the player acquisition phase. You know, he talked about how the Lions are better set up this offseason than they were a year ago with more draft picks and more, you know, more cap space, just more resources in general. So do you see them being a little bit more aggressive and maybe, uh, for lack of a better term, more splashy in free agency? Yeah, like to me, like Brad Holmes is sort of that, you know, he's the guy that's lying in the weeds waiting right now. Like he's, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, he, he, I think he will be aggressive when the time comes, you know, maybe not quite less need aggressive, but, but, you know, somewhere on that, that, that scale, but I don't know if this is the year when they're going all out, you know what I mean? Too, right. Because they're still in the early stages of this. Mm-hmm. They still have a lot of young guys that they're going to add to the roster. So I think they will be selectively more aggressive. And like I said, add, um, you know, I expect them to, to sign one, let's call it impact player on defense, you know, uh, maybe a, a defensive back or whoever it is. Um, and then, you know, they'll, they'll probably lock up a couple of their own and maybe you'll see them sign a blocking tight end or something like that. That's not a, not a sexy signing, but you know, it's, it's somebody who has an impact for them as a number two guy. So um, that's sort of how I, I, you know, my read on, on Lions free agency, you know, a month or so out. Yeah. And at the end of season press conference that he did, he, he said something to the like of like, uh, we're still going to be looking for the same kind of guys. And I don't know, it, it made me think like they're, they're, he's still looking for those chip on the shoulder guys. And I don't know if that, that means, you know, the splashy going, you know, going for broke on some of these top tier wide receivers that are out there. Is that, is that kind of the read you got on it as well? Yeah, I think that's fair. And again, I mean, I think everyone knows, right. If you have a, you know, if you have a Jamar chase and you have a Cooper cup and you have, you know, like you, you have a pretty dynamic receiving core, but you know, even looking at the the free agent, you know, receiver class, I mean, outside of Devonte Adams, who I don't think would be coming here anyways, I don't, I don't know that that guy quite exists out there. I know there's a lot of fans that want to Mike Williams or somebody like that, but um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, from the Lions standpoint, 
you roll the dice and you see what Quintess Cephas is, you know, you, you have enough, you know, draft capital that you can get a guy that can contribute. And, you know, St. Brown had a really good year. And, um, you know, the other side to that too is like, I, I don't know that a lot of those top receivers are, you know, um, there's a, a big desire to come want to play in the Lions passing game yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they probably have to show a little bit more, right? If you want to go play with Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and those guys, I don't know if the same can be said yet for, for Jared Goff in this offense. So uh, the Lions might have to pay a little bit more than, than some other places to get some of those guys. And that might ultimately, um, you know, impact what they do at that position too. Jeremy, I want you to add the last question. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, it's the, the topic of the week, Dave. And, and since you're a hall of fame voter, I feel like it's my obligation to ask you, <laughs> I already know what you, I already know. You don't think Matthew Stafford is a hall of famer yet. So my question is right. instead going to be, what does he need to do to get his way there? Uh, no, it's a fair question because, uh, you're right. I, I think he still has a little bit more to prove. I mean, um, you know, if he has another Super Bowl appearance, I mean, let's be honest, like as these things keep stacking up, it's going to be about more than like the passing numbers for him because he's playing in a passing era and he's going to finish with great numbers regardless. And, um, you know, so if he has another season next year, similar to this year, maybe he's he's rewarded with a you know, second team all pro nomination or something sure. like that. Right. Maybe he gets a yeah. pro bowl and I'll tell you guys from being in the room, like pro bowls don't matter. No, everyone thinks mm. the pro bowl is a joke because mm. you know, at least the way it is now, right. Like yeah. there's too much, there's 10 guys at a position that make the pro bowl now because everyone backs out and the fans are voting. And That's fair. so that, that just doesn't carry the, that, that much weight, but the all pro nomination, the all pro selections do a first team, all pro selection, the all decade player, you know, that, that those are the things that matter. And I, I said this the other day, like I, I used um, uh, uh, the Packers safety that just went in Leroy Butler as, mm-hmm. as an example, right? Yeah. Like, I was watching football, obviously, when he was playing and he was playing in the the NFC North or NFC Central, I guess. Right. So I, I knew plenty about him. I saw him, but I, I didn't maybe understand how he stacked up against the other safeties of his era. And so when I'm sitting in the room and I, you know, talking to people about him and I, I said this too, you know, you talked to a couple of Lions who were like, eh, you know, he's a really good player, but I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer. And you talk to some other people who are like, no, no, the, the guy was really impactful. And so, you know, you get you get different feedback. And so the one thing that spoke to me a lot was that he was voted the all, you know, an all decade safety of the 1990s. And so the people of that era considered him one of the two best safeties of the 90s. And um, so while people look right now at Matthew Stafford and say, it doesn't matter, he doesn't have all pros and he wasn't all decade. And how is he going to win that with Brady and Manning and, you know, Mahomes and all this? Well, it will matter. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when, you know, the people that are watching the games now, but maybe can't, you know, don't have the the same in-depth knowledge of, um, you know, where these guys rank as, you know, the, 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 you know, general media, I guess, national media uh, that follows this when they're deciding that and they look at those sort of accolades, I think that's when that stuff really does start to matter and speak volumes. And so Matt, not having some of those um, and not even having an all pro vote, like I think those are the things that will hold them back at the end of the day. And ultimately look, if Philip Rivers gets in and Matt Ryan and Eli Manning, like, you know, Matt's a better quarterback or at least on the same level as, as those guys. And now he has a Super Bowl ring. And so, you know, you start to distinguish a little bit. Matt Ryan was an MVP and he, Eli had two rings and 
if Matt gets a second ring, if he's back in another Super Bowl, I think, you know, that's a, a little bit more for the resume that that really goes to speak to how he is as a quarterback. And that could probably um, bolster his case even more. Is, is that a conversation that goes on with, if, if someone else is in, do you say, well, we have this guy in, we got to have this guy in. Is that, is that part of the conversation ever? Uh, all right. So I'm going to show you this right here. This is, uh, oops, oh, sorry. I just hit something. All right. This is it, this little binder. Okay. This is 2020. Uh, this is what the hall of fame sends us every year. They send it out by email, you know, now, and at the back of the, uh, the, the book, there's every position, right? And it's, I don't know if you can see this on here, right? Linebacker, and it goes through, sure. you know, their years played and some of their statistics. They're all pro selections, all conference, pro bowls, championships, that sort of thing. And so um, you at least have a, uh, you know, a, a, a table to compare, you know, the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, you know, what they did versus, yeah. you know, the guys that are on the ballot. And so um, I think, look, for the most part, the guys that are, you know, talked about in the room, I think the general feeling is that those guys will all get in at some point. It doesn't always happen, but you know, that they're, they're at least worthy of being in that discussion. And, and as the, the crop gets thinned out, most of those guys get in. Um, but, you know, there, there are definitely discussions that are had about, you know, where this guy ranks compared to some of his peers and, and does he deserve to be in? And again, for, for Matthew Stafford, you know, he was not one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL when he was with the Lions because that was Brady and Manning and Breeze and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, maybe Big Ben early in his career, whatever it was, right? right. And, and even now it's it's tough for him to crack that, that you know, the group. And so if you're not in the top 15% of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, are you a Hall of Famer? I just don't – I don't know that that – I don't know that – that's a tough case to make because it's the Hall of Fame, right? It's not right. the Hall of Good. Yep. So – that's that term is used a lot. Fair enough, Dave. Appreciate you going a little extra overtime with us there uh, and, and appreciate all the conversation. Uh, we'll see each other again soon, I'm sure. Uh, but in the meantime, be, make sure you check out all of Dave's stuff over at freep.com or on Twitter at Dave Burkett. Dave, appreciate your time, man. You got it, guys. We'll see you again. All right. Later. Later. And thank you all for watching. Appreciate you sticking around. We'll do our main podcast again Monday night where we'll be taking on all sorts of Lions news and off-season news. Make sure uh, you're there. But until next time, it's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.